Welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, this is our Wednesday live stream, case mm-hmm. updates show, and per normal, there are an armload. Yeah, there, there really are, and I don't know, some of it's good and interesting, and some of it's just kind of funny. Mm-hmm. In a, the fuck kind of way funny you know <laughs> definitely some of that yes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but before we do that how's it going uh very good very good what you been doing been, all uh working on podcasts so i produce other people's podcasts as well as doing this podcast yeah and so working on podcast stuff pretty much all day the tech side of life yeah mm-hmm. i hear that well mm-hmm. good I had like a armload of errands to do. Mm-hmm. And that's just mundane stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But we had to go to Walmart. Oh, boo. <laughs> yeah. Had to, uh, I sold some dishes that I had to deliver to somebody. I had to go to the post office. Just all kinds of stuff. I mean, you'll be glad to know I finally uh, did mail my taxes. That's oh, right. My taxes. Well, for God's yep. sake. I'm glad you won't be going to prison this year. Um, <laughs> we don't know about next year because she does it the same way every time. <laughs> I, I have vowed to turn over a new leaf. And this year I am going to file my taxes in February. So there's See, nothing there to go. worry about. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. known to submit them the night before they're due, like on the 14th of April. Mm-hmm. But, but not <laughs> wait until the, on the 30th of November. <laughs> It's so stupid. So stupid. Well, and here's what's really stupid. I thought we were going to owe quite a bit. And it turned out we're actually getting a small refund. So I'm just an idiot. Yeah. So you've been avoiding for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Entirely. Yeah. Well, but I'm looking at it now, like for our health insurance, I have to have my uh, taxes done. And also <laughs> for uh, to file for financial aid for my kids for next year, I have to have my taxes done. Like, <laughs> yeah, this shit. What are you doing? Has some uh, major uh, consequences if you don't get it done. Yeah. You oh, use TurboTax. Fairy Magic says I use uh yeah I use Tax Act, but yeah, mm-hmm. same you know basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Now my kids were getting decent sized refunds, and so I filed theirs in like February. <laughs> you filed your kids' taxes, and you didn't file your own. Mm-hmm. Oh, mine are so much more detailed. Four businesses. Uh, I know, but <laughs> so much more to do. I know That's it's dumb, but I've also pigeonholed myself because I'm the only one that knows how to do them. So mm-hmm. Scott doesn't, uh, you know, I can't just be like, you know what? I've done them for the last 25 years. It's your turn. Cause he doesn't know how he actually said the other night to my sisters, you know, Kate just, she's really good at it. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. We're probably going to prison. I don't know. <laughs> Right. right, Janet, can't they just send us a bill? Oh, she's a tax procrastinator as well. That's okay. Janet, <laughs> when I first read that for a second, I thought it said prosecutor. And I was like, 
Oh, you're you should dead. probably you're shut dead. up now. And then I was like, oh, procrastinated. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Honestly, no. I suspect that we don't take nearly the uh, deductions we should. I, I think I'm an idiot. But, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. Just taxes. <laughs> Cranky said, I'm so paranoid we do it right away. Well, um, see, I should be. I, I mm -hmm. need to do that. Yeah. But see, Janet, I agree. Why don't they just? It's such a game. We're just set up from the beginning mm -hmm. because... Um, <laughs> Janet you and I are going to prison together. They know, they know if we owe or not, but they make us report. Why? They know. Right. They have all our shit, you know? Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny, Janet. I may also go to prison for accidental tax fraud. Oh, me mm -hmm. too. I do ours. Totally the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sherry's in accounting and she goes to someone. See, Sherry, I show you. <laughs> I would make an accountant cry. Yeah. Mm. I know. They would be like, how in the... Yeah. But four home-based businesses. Four. Right. It's ridiculous. Actually, mm -hmm. we cut it down this year to three. Mm. Well, to look at us. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Anyway, so that's all. That's what I'm doing. Just, you know, <laughs> finally getting my shit together. But now I need to file financial aid. And I need to... Uh, give our updated tax stuff over to the health insurance people to make sure that that's all correct. And do you think I've done that? No, I have not, but I'm doing it tomorrow. Yeah, I am. Well, tomorrow. well those of you that come to the psychic hour, why don't you ask her if she did it tomorrow? Maybe mm -hmm. it'll help. Maybe <laughs> Oklahoma. Oh, Amy said Oklahoma state taxes are so ridiculous. I always know I'm going to have to pay them half of my federal refund. So I wait oh, till no. the last minute. Yeah. Lots of good write-offs, Sherry. Yeah, tons, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> We're idiots. That that's the answer. <laughs> oh, Paula said, even with all of her medical expenses, we're always just under the limit to be able to deduct them. Yeah. 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 Mine too. Me too. Yeah. Ah, boo. Anyway. Yeah. So there it is. There's there's all of that nonsense. Now you know. I'm ridiculous. You probably already knew. <laughs> but we had the coolest uh, news, the coolest stats today from Spotify. Uh, right. So our podcast, as you know, is here on YouTube, but it also is on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And Spotify sends you these really great updates at the end of the year. YouTube does too, but I don't think we've seen them yet. Not yet. But Spotify, man, they rocked our world. They did. Our podcast has been seen this year. In 45, or listened to, or seen, because there actually is video over there, too. Right. Uh, in 45 different countries. Yeah. Hello out there, whatever of the 45 countries you're in. Welcome. We're glad yeah. you're here. I mean, we Thank know you. we're international, but wow, that was bigger than I expected. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, the U.S. was our biggest listener, but Australia was our second biggest. And I, mm -hmm. I that didn't surprise me too much because I know we have a lot of Aussies around here. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, like, damn. We have also produced almost 9,000 minutes of content this year. I'm not 9, surprised. Minutes. I mean, we'll be at 600 or maybe a little more episodes by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Just well, in this year. I pulled well, not up just a few stats. Totally. Our podcast was in the top 10% of most shared globally. Which and I that's in the true crime category. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, which I think is pretty amazing. 
right? I was really happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, yep, we created 8,859 minutes of new content. That's 99% more than other creators in true crime. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah. We're, we are one of the most prolific true crime podcasts. Well, now I want to know who the top one is so we can beat them. No. Right? Yeah. Who, cre <laughs> who creates more content than we do? I don't know because I know we create a lot. Uh-huh. Let's see. Oh, we released 92 video episodes this year, and they were in the top 5% most viewed. We'll take, take that. It. Yes. 207 episodes, again, 88.8K minutes, 45 countries. We increased by 41% of followers. Yeah. So, yep. fantastic. And here's our top five countries. U.S., Australia, Canada, U.K., and Ireland. Awesome. Thank you. Welcome, all of you, wherever you are from. We love it that you're here, whether you're live or after the fact or... You started with our original Diet Loft Pass episode and have been working your way up. We, mm -hmm. we are so happy you're all here. I love it. Love it so much. Very cool. Yep. Oh, Fran. Fran said, remember mileage to your medical expenses. I didn't. God damn it. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, gosh. Anyway, here we are. So, yeah. How cool is that? Pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it feels pretty good to see those kinds of numbers because, you know, we're just kind of grinding an episode at a time over here yeah. and kind of forget, like, to how see many people all are listening to like us. And, yeah, and all the work we've done. It's pretty great. Mm -hmm. We love we it. We must really love it, huh? That's right. Yep. I love it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, there is so much. Where the hell do we start? Let's see. I'm going to look at our list. Well, we do have good news mm. in the Pike County. Massacre. Yeah, go ahead and let's do that one. So, you know, after only what feels like 10 million years and mm. two and a half month long trial. Uh, seriously, uh, the belligerentest of belligerent turd circuses. Oh, my God. George Wagner IV has finally been found guilty in the Pike County Massacre. He's guilty After of the most 22 horrific counts. things talked about. This is the most screwed oh, up family. If you didn't already is. know that, just listening to some of the things that were talked about in this trial, it's who the hell are these people? Insane. Insane. Oh, God. So he was found guilty on all 22 charges against him. Yeah. So eight counts of aggravated murder, four counts of aggravated burglary, three counts of tampering with evidence. One count of conspiracy, one count of unlawful possession of dangerous ordinance, one count of forgery, one count of unauthorized use of computer or telecommunications, one count of interception of wire, oral, or electronic communications, one mm -hmm. count of obstructing justice, and one count of engaging in a pattern of corrupt activity. Because I'll tell you what, these Wagners are nothing if not prolific. My God, could you have just committed one of every kind of crime you could even think of in this situation? I mean, the only thing I didn't see on there was shoplifting. So I think he pretty much hit everything. Yeah. He's... Yeah. All charges, Janet. Yep. Yep. I'm so glad. So yeah. glad. But of course, that was only one leg. Right? They still have more Wagners to... Uh... Only one left. So... Oh, thank God. Jake and the mother took plea deals. They're in prison. Yes. 
George is now con- George the fourth is convicted. So now mm-hmm. George's dad has still not been tried. However, and I wonder the same thing, Janet, if mm-hmm. uh, dad will go ahead and take a plea. Right. Because holy shit, they're supposed to have to do this again. It'd be and insane to not take a plea. But they are insane. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Colleen right. said backwoods hillbilly crime syndicate. Yep. Yep. That is exactly what the Wagners were. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and it was entirely their intention to hear them talk about it is absolutely yeah. horrific. Mm-hmm. But hey, he's finally convicted. Yeah. Come on, dad, just take a freaking plea so that we don't have to put this community through another trial like that. Right. Seriously. I follow the docket on Twitter and their, the, their podcast is Pretty Lies and Alibis. And I swear... Mm-hmm. The person running their Twitter probably needs a vacation on an island somewhere for about three months after tweeting this trial. <laughs> right. Well, they attended it. Yeah. Really and live tweeted it. And, and they've been it. so committed. And it's, I've been mm-hmm. very appreciative of it because that's how I've been following it. Yeah. But my God, that person needs a vacation. <laughs> uh, they they said they were going to need some counseling. They I mean, did. Seriously. It has, it's been so horrific for the people that have had to listen to this. I feel mm-hmm. so sorry for the jury. Could have had to put up with this. It's insane. Well, and just for the victims' families, and you know, they would Mm -hmm. have to walk out sometimes, and it it was awful. And it was two and a half months, you guys. Mm -hmm. That is so brutal for Mm. everyone. I mean, I don't care about particularly in this case. Yeah, yeah, because the details were just horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Yeah. So So, yay, ding dong. He's guilty. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if dad takes a plea. He would be an idiot not to at this point. Because uh, it's just all the same evidence. This is a Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell situation. Mm-hmm. It's just the same evidence against him. You yep. know, and they have already proven that they don't have to, or that, you know, they've already demonstrated that they don't need, they didn't even have to prove that George pulled the trigger. Right. For him to be guilty of all of this. Because mm-hmm. he is. Because they conspired together to do this. Because they are mm-hmm. horrendous people. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, well, we already know they're idiots. They are idiots, That's but you know what? Thing. He's mean enough and stupid enough to actually yeah. insist on his own jury trial. Right. I mean, that is kind of part of this that is mm-hmm. really kind of horrifying is just how brutal these people are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure. I'm well, glad good. at least for now it's done. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, Another little bit of good news uh, out of Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Mm. police are saying that they have identified the boy in the box. Yeah. You guys remember this case? It was, he's a 1957 murder victim. We've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are going to provide an update next week. So they're not telling us quite yet, but they are saying that uh, they use DNA and reverse uh, genealogy to find this child's family and identify him so it's we'll amazing. know probably next week who he actually was it is amazing yeah. it's crazy when these cases like the lady of the dunes like that mm-hmm. have these names that we all know yeah because they're they've been around for so long are finally getting at mm-hmm. least an identity if not a resolution at least an identity of who that person was it's, yeah. it's amazing well and in more dna for the win uh, earlier this week, we talked about Melissa Highsmith, yes, who, of course, was uh, kidnapped from her parents' home by a babysitter and mm-hmm. has been missing now for about 50 years. 
and her family finally found her yeah. with uh, the help of doing their DNA, yeah. doing 23andMe uh, kits, and so had she, well, actually, so had some of her daughters. That's what we know now. So when we first reported on this case, we didn't know everything. We knew that the Highsmiths uh, had found their daughter mm -hmm. and they'd been reunited, but we did not know what, uh, you know, what exactly uh, led them there. But I'm going to show you one more time the pictures of them. So this is the Highsmiths mm -hmm. when uh, Melissa was a baby. And then this is them now after being reunited. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. So now we know that uh, Melissa's daughters, she has three daughters, and one of them did a DNA, did 23andMe. Wow. And that's no how. No clue that her mother had been kidnapped. That's how they got connected. Um, also, she was, it sounds like she was raised by the kidnapper. That was a question. Was she yeah. sold? Like, how did this happen? It sounds like she was raised by the kidnapper. She had two older brothers. She says that she had a very uh, sad and challenging upbringing. She and her mother did not get along, and she actually ran away from home and left home at 15. Wow. So like the only question I've been unable to answer is, is this person still alive? The article right. did not say. I don't know if we know that. Uh, and maybe these are things that aren't really being discussed yet. Because mm -hmm. are there going to be charges? Is it too late? Like, what's right. going to happen? Yeah. But at least they're reunited now. Yeah. yeah. But that's an, yet another DNA for the win. It is just amazing. It really is. The fact is. that she's still alive 50 yeah. years later is unreal. And has been in their same... Uh, broader community all this time that's just horrifying isn't that terrifying to think that that could happen she said that when she was little she wasn't allowed to go outside and play that her mother uh in her words sheltered her heavily she wasn't allowed to have friends she wasn't allowed to go anywhere she was totally under wraps and and she never really understood why and now she finally knows mm -hmm. wow oh that's so scary also, her name had been changed, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, mm, I think it was Melanie. Mm. I have it somewhere. Anyway, uh, she's gone back to going by Melissa. Good for her. She's I like, would bet uh, there's been something in her all her life that felt like she didn't fit. Uh-huh. She said that. She said that her entire uh, growing up, she felt like she didn't really fit in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because she didn't. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's wild. Yep. Oh, wait, hold on. I missed something. Mm. She has not actually seen the person who raised her since 2002. Oh. But uh, she asked the woman who raised her if she recognized the name Melissa Highsmith during Facebook Messenger. She said she didn't know the name, but then told her that uh, she'd been wanting to tell her for many years that somebody sold her on the street for $500. Oh my God. So maybe she was or wasn't. So hard to know because that could just be, you know. Right. A smoke screen. Melanie. Yeah. Melanie. That's right. Yep. Her name was yeah. Melanie. Interesting, too, that it was that close to Melissa. She went by Mel, which totally could have been Melissa. And they for you know? name. Wow. Yeah. So I think there'll be more uh, to learn on this. But anyway, wow. Yay, Melissa.
Yeah. And her parents, that they're still alive is a miracle. That they, yeah, that they were able to actually see her again. I mean, that just, it just hardly ever happens. Mm-hmm. A uh, tiny update in Michael Vaughn. It isn't really an update, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> she, uh, or she, uh, they are supposed to be doing a press conference tomorrow, updating their findings in uh, going through the house on Red Wing Street. So, mm-hmm. the wondrous house. So, I... <sighs> I don't know, you guys. There was really never any indication that they found anything. Hopefully we're wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm really worried. It's that I don't know. It's just insane. And has caused this this whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. And her, all of her court stuff has been put on hold until December. End of December. Where she's it's the end of November now. I need to catch up. It, uh, it really is. It is the <laughs> very last day. Last day. <laughs> um, yeah, end of December because again she is being held right now uh, because she was or everything's on a stay because she was found incompetent. So mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised she'll be back in court in December, to be honest. But I guess we'll find out what they're planning on doing on behalf of her. So anyway, we'll keep an eye on that press conference tomorrow. I mean, I hope that it like blows us all out of the water with some big information with some closure for Michael Vaughn's parents. I just don't have a lot of faith that it's gonna. Yeah. I don't know if they're just being super quiet or if it's legit, they have nothing to do with it. There was never a time that there was a medical examiner, right. a coroner, a nothing. Mm-hmm. However, they did haul a lot of dirt off site to examine mm-hmm. up in another uh, facility. So maybe they found something there. And that's where those things were processed. But Maybe. typically with these things, when they finally do find someone, then there's a flurry of activity there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, like the coroner shows up and the medical examiner and, uh, you know, the, the people that need to be present if there's a body present. And that never happened at that house. Mm-hmm. But again, unless they really did it under wraps because they were trying really hard to keep the public away. So mm-hmm. well, I guess we'll see you tomorrow. Huh? Yeah. Also, speaking of keeping the public away, holy shit. In the Jared Lisick uh, belligerent herd circus, mm-hmm. <laughs> he had court today. And they, some YouTubers were live streaming the uh, hearing, like we've done lots of times. Mm-hmm. And the judge was so pissed about it that he shut the whole thing down and changed the time of the hearing and is threatening to put the whole thing under wraps because it's getting way too much public attention. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Jared Lysick is a public figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Adventures with Purpose has millions of followers. This is not going to go quietly. I think that the law needs to be reexamined. Yeah. We as the public have the right to know. That's mm-hmm. a part of our constitutional rights. And I am really tired of judges that are bristling at that yeah. and acting like we really don't. Mm-hmm. Yes, we freaking do. Now, mm-hmm. does he not want live streams to be shared? I mean, Jared is the one who insisted on doing this via Skype, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe he wanted the live streams everywhere. I don't really know, I... but I, I, I think it's very frustrating the way this is being handled. It is. It's gross. And kind of typical for the area unfortunately Mm -hmm. but it is gross i mean come on this guy 
is, mm-hmm. you know, followed by millions of people. We're all very aware of the excellent work that Adventures with Purpose has done. There's there's a lot of buy-in to this situation because of that, you know? Yeah. I think we all feel like we trusted that organization and we trusted mm-hmm. him. And And I mean, we can't say that he didn't do great work because he did. They found 23 missing people, you know, right. bodies up. Right. And and did solve a lot for people. So yeah, we all yeah. want to know. Sure. And it is true. A lot of people have given him a lot of money. Yeah. That's what facilitated finding all of those missing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know where it's taking place at, actually. I'm not 100% sure either. The the um, it's in Utah. Offenses happen in Utah and Nevada, I think. Uh, it looks like San Pete County, Utah. Okay, so it is. It's where the yeah. charges were filed. Because one yeah. of the offenses happened at the grandparents' house in Nevada. In Nevada, yeah, or in Utah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what's up with that. True crimers have been getting a bad beat lately. You know, some it's of them true. deserve it. But yeah, I've seen some shitty stuff out there. Some people doing some really unethical bullshit. Oh, like the people that interviewed the neighbors of the Wondras. <sighs> My God, stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. We stay in ours. We're very careful about it. We do mm-hmm. not ever want to affect an investigation or a prosecution. God, no, no, no way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all about reporting and understanding and giving commentary but you know yeah there's a limit there is a huge limit yeah can we hear federal trials too right sherry federal trials have no nothing yeah they still get they still have a a courtroom artist that draws it even yeah wild to me federal trials need trials need a lot more transparency in my opinion yeah. yep okay wow Let's talk about the face biter, <laughs> which I don't know if you noticed this, but when you messaged me today to say that you would cover the face biter, I said you Facebook. said the Facebook biter. <laughs> yeah, I did. After I saw it, I, I looked at it for a minute and went, oh, yeah. Crap. Okay, so this is the guy. I, I, we talked about him a little bit earlier in the week. His, the murders that he committed actually happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is um, Austin Haruf, who has who has submitted a an insanity plea, and the judge has accepted it. Mm-hmm. And really, what's going on now is just tremendous grief on the part of the victims' families. They're just horrified that he could do something like this and not actually even have a trial. And it's it's horrifying. I mean, there's no way to say that it isn't but was he not crazy at the time this happened yes he was very and he's been evaluated several times there were many things about the crime that were a clear indication that he was psychotic at the time and it's really sad and horrible for Mm -hmm. victims families for him for all of them and I know the victims' families are like, you know what you did and you're faking it and all that stuff. But I got to tell you that this is rare. It's not like insanity pleas get taken all the time. They don't. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of evaluation that goes into the process and multiple evaluators and 
you know, like toxicology and all that stuff that they go through to make sure that nobody wants to give an insanity plea to someone who was clearly culpable and knew what they were doing at the time of the crime. Nobody wants that. This guy, I mean, he would not stop attacking these people even when the police arrived. They had to pull him off. They had to tase him. He was out of his head. He made no attempt to run away from the police or hide his crime, which is another indication of competency. You know, if you're totally out of your head, you're not thinking about whether you get caught or not. And there was a pretty clear history shown leading up to this point that he has bipolar disorder and that he was experiencing a psychotic episode, which that is, there's a form of bipolar disorder that has psychotic features, which people can have that, that can have a psychotic event like that. And it's horrible. The whole thing is just horrible, Mm -hmm. but that's the outcome. Yep. Okay. Well, that's sad. That's all just really sad. It is. And I feel bad for the family because, yeah, I mean, I get it. They they have sure. no closure, you know? Yeah. They don't. And, they and have no closure. Justice. And this doesn't feel like justice. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But you just have a really freaking super disturbed kid on your hands. Right. Yeah. Really, yeah. really sick kid. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Let's talk about Danny Masterson for a minute. Oh, let, yeah, this is, I don't know what to think about all this. I know. We haven't reported on this one very much. Well, we, we talked that, you know, October was a sex offender palooza, you know, because right. there were so many trials going on. But mm-hmm. Danny Masterson is the, he was in uh, that 70s show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on the ranch and other things. And he had, was charged with rape. I mean, it sounds like he was quite the sex offender back in the day, like back in like the that 70s show days, right. uh, living it up in California and a lot of stuff. So he was on trial for rape and the trial, it too, has been a pretty good belligerent herd circus uh, to the point that the prosecution didn't even call a couple of their bigger name witnesses because the judge was so over them becoming a circus uh and Mm -hmm. one of those people was lisa marie presley that they ended up not calling that was on the witness list um a lot of the trial ended up kind of putting uh, the church of scientology on trial Mm -hmm. he was born into scientology he's still a scientologist he's you know there's a ton of scientologists in his family and his inner circle and the girls that had accused him of rape, the women, um, also were Scientologists at the time. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Church of Scientology being very secretive and keeping a lot of, protecting each other, keeping a lot of things under wraps. Mm-hmm. And that there, you know, potentially are a lot of crimes that uh, perhaps have occurred within the church that have been covered up. I mean, sounds like, well, about every other church I know. I mean, color me not surprised. So they... The jury was out before Thanksgiving for deliberation and they could not come to a conclusion. And the judge was like, well, too damn bad. Come back here on the 28th and figure this out. So they did. But before then, on the 27th, the court was uh, alerted that two members of the jury had COVID. So they had to pull them and assign two uh, alternative jurors Well, they deliberated um, all day Monday, most of the day Tuesday, finally came back to the judge and they're like, look, 
we got nothing. We are hopelessly deadlocked. So it has been declared a mistrial, which is nuts. And now they have to go back to court and do this again in March. Mm. I would hope that the prosecutor changes their focus a little bit and doesn't go so hardcore at the Church of Scientology, but more at the actions of Danny Masterson. That's where mm -hmm. I think they got askew and astray in this deal. But that's my opinion. Sure. So we'll see. We'll see, because I'm real excited for that 90s show. Me too. So that's what I've been sort of interested. He's not on in it, though. No, he's not. Um, but I've been sort of interested to see what's going on with him because I hadn't really given him much thought until I'd been getting excited for that 90s show. Yeah. I'm mostly excited for Red and Kitty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yes. Yeah. So that that's what's up with that. Uh, talk to us about Moscow. Uh, you guys, I think, I don't know if they just need someone else to talk or if they just need everyone to shut the hell up because <laughs> we're now hearing from Lataw County prosecuting attorney, Bill Thompson. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of trying to soften and smooth out some of the, shall we call the missteps or possible um, misdirections or at least bad info coming mm -hmm. out of the Moscow police. So this is the murder of the four um, University of Idaho students that happened a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. There was a big vigil for them tonight. It was actually an hour and a half ago. And there, mm -hmm. one, one arm of it was actually here in my city. There were um, college towns all over Idaho having a vigil for the four yeah. victims um, this evening. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we've all heard the word targeted a lot in this yeah. case, in which it was initially stated that there was no need for any other students in this little town uh, to be worried about their own safety because this crime was a targeted crime. Well, nobody knows what the hell that means because they're not telling us what that means. And yeah. some people are kind of implying what it might mean. And other people are implying something else that it might mean. And, well, the prosecutor <laughs> said that um, targeted, using the word targeted, may have been a bit off base. Why do you think so, sir? I mean, what do you think targeted means exactly? Yeah, yeah. He, he said it seems like the word targeted has had different understandings for different people who were listening and perhaps isn't the best word to use. Yeah. Uh, the bottom line is that... Whoever, what? Yeah. Yeah. But the bottom line is that whoever is responsible for this is still at large. That can't yeah. be... Then he says, that can't be changed. Well, I sure hope it can be, sir. I hope <laughs> it can. Um, yeah, they need to stop. They need they, to they, stop talking to immediately. Yeah. My, my understanding is that investigators believe that whoever is responsible was specifically looking at this particular residence, but that's all they can offer at this point. Yeah. So he's just kind of trying to smooth things over here. I really think they need to like get someone from the FBI to be their point of contact and everyone else just shut up because we've had mm -hmm. the, the chief of police, the sheriff, we've had the dean of the school, we've had the mayor, we've had the um, coroner, like, mm -hmm. and 
<laughs> and now the prosecuting attorney. That is six people <clears throat> talking about this investigation. I got to tell you, you don't see that in other places. Like I, no. and I know we live here. We know how backwards it can be, but for hell's sakes, you guys, pick a person, any, just one of you. Mm-hmm. Everyone else stopped giving interviews because no matter mm-hmm. what they do, it just continues to come out as being misleading. Yep. Yep. And so we really have no other information other than. No. You know, <clears throat> they genuinely cannot say for sure if there are other students at risk in that right. college town. And they just went back after Thanksgiving break for those who did go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not in our um, finishing up this semester online. Some are not even coming back to this university after at all. Course. Yeah, they've had it yeah. because all of this feels very much like: mm-hmm. Are they really protecting the students in the school? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. There was a really interesting article in the Idaho Tribune about two other stabbings. That have happened yes. in Washington and Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, one in 2020 and the other, uh, I don't know, a year or two before that, I think. One in 2021. That, oh, that's right. 2021 and the one in Oregon was a little ways before that. Mm-hmm. That uh, There's not a lot to tie them together, but it is interesting that they are also uh, very random stabbings where people's homes were broken into and they were stabbed to death in their beds. In the one case, the husband uh, fought the attacker off enough that uh, the wife was able to get away and survived, and the husband Mm -hmm. did die. Uh, The one in 2021 was a single lady who was stabbed to death in her bed, and again, no idea who. Interestingly, they all happened on the 13th of their respective months. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I didn't do a whole story on it because that's pretty flimsy, but it is interesting. Mm -hmm. It is. And and they did say in their last um, press conference that they had been receiving information from, um, you know, particularly Washington State, yeah. but, you know, other um, localities around mm-hmm. with anything similar. Because yeah. at this point, I mean, well, I mean, Moscow is just a hop, skip and a jump out of Washington. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, very it's, close. it's almost right. on the state line. Yeah. 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 Yeah, was there a reason this house was targeted? Well, yes and no, and no, and maybe, and probably, and targeted doesn't mean what you think targeted. (laughs) There is, there are, they are looking into the possibility that one of the girls who was murdered had been being stalked, and that she had reported to people that there was someone who had been Mm -hmm. following her, and they had potentially seen someone, maybe in a face mask, maybe not in a face mask, standing outside their house a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. So... There's that, but it's all very flimsy. They don't have yeah. any idea, really. No. It, Colleen, yeah. Colleen said, can you imagine if they told people they could let their guard down and someone else was murdered? So irresponsible. It is. From the yeah. day this happened, the yeah. day this happened, and they said that they did not believe there was any threat to the community. With absolutely no grounds to say it. Also yeah. said it was a crime of passion with no grounds to say that at all. Yeah, this has been flubbed up from the very start. It has. It really has. And, you know, and I I try not to fault them too hard because they've never done anything like this before. This is like our local police when the Daybell uh, case first broke. Like, this is a first for these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but, you know, they got to wise up. They need people to shut up. One person should be 
representing this case in the media and everyone else should say nothing. Yeah. That's where I think that that's where it feels so mm-hmm. misinformation is because it's coming through different people's mm-hmm. perception. Well, and because I'm assuming there's lots of things they have been told not to discuss, but they just can't help discussing them. Right. Yeah. And then catch themselves and only say part of it. So then that doesn't make it, you know, there's just a lot. Yeah. Right. Now, how can then they... they say? So the mayor said that immediately. He said that in an interview that it was a crime of passion. Yeah. And then reporters kept pressing him to as to why he said that. Now, remember that when it first happened, we did not know what the uh, mode of murder was for a while. Right. So we didn't know they were all stabbed to death. That's why he said that, because he had it in his head that the way they were all stabbed so violently that surely that was a crime of passion. I'm guessing that was said by some Leo, you know, that, uh, but uh, there was no other reason to say that. He just said it. Right. And so, yeah. And he should not have said it. And they've come out and said now that we definitely know it was not that, you know, it wasn't a murder suicide. And like that, you know, that was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. But why was the mayor giving an interview yeah. on the day this happened? Should right. not have been. That was just no. no. That was I don't know if you guys remember really early in De Belvalo when the, the week the kids' bodies were found. Our mayor oh, said yeah. some things to the press. <laughs> I forgot that about that. <laughs> had not been made public and weren't supposed to be made public. Listen, the mayor of Rexburg is a really nice guy. And just a big damn idiot, you know, <laughs> and pretty much immediately had to be like, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm really sorry. Oh, God. You know, or, well, this no, is I'm the sorry. same mayor that oh, stood you know. next to a sign with COVID numbers when things were really bad, absolutely begging people to wear a mask and stay home <laughs> he every, doing every day. Every day. <laughs> every day. And it's a sign on Main Street. So it's not like he was even at home. He'd be outside, snow, wind, cold, whatever. With all of our numbers, because, of course, in this county, uh, we refuse to take any kind of, uh, you know, city uh, ordinance or anything about masks or stay home or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Every day he would do a little tiny live stream, like five minutes long in front of the sign. Yes. Literally nearly throwing himself to the ground, begging people to stop getting COVID because we were like one of the worst counties <laughs> per capita in the country for a yeah. while. Yeah. But yeah. Super, <laughs> super sweet guy. But guy. he should never talk to the press, ever. But yeah, he didn't know <laughs> stuff about uh, the, the kids. Well, he actually, what he disclosed was that it was the kids. Yeah. That hadn't even been disclosed yet. Yeah. They were still supposed to be, you know, trying to do autopsies mm-hmm. and determine that it was the kids. And he told the press it was. <laughs> yeah. This is why. One person. <laughs> it's supposed to be one person. There should be immediate contact within your police yeah. department and everyone else should shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh boy. Yep, indeed. So that's what we do know. Not much. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Simon. Mm-hmm. His remains have been positively identified. So we now know for certain they were 90% sure, but you know, of course, had to go through the identification process. We do know that Quentin Simon is that those were his remains in the landfill. Yes. So, of course, Leilani remains in jail, uh, coming up on murder charges. So I have yet to see any paperwork on that, though. I really wanted to see the probable cause. I don't think we've seen it. I think it's sealed. It might be sealed. Yeah, I just realized I was watching for that and haven't seen it yet. But speaking of 
probable cause. Mm -hmm. In Delphi, in uh, mm -hmm. Richard Allen, they finally released a shortened to redacted uh, version of the probable cause affidavit. It was the, the defense that was pushing so hard to have it released, as well as others. Uh, mm -hmm. It was interesting. Yeah. I thought it was much. flimsy. I thought it was very flimsy. I hope they have more than that on Mr. Yeah. Allen or what's going on here. You know, his attorneys are saying this is flimsy as hell. They're not wrong. It is. Unless they're they have a lot more than what's in there. But all they had to do was have enough to get the warrant. I mean, they're yeah. going to hold back as much as possible. Yeah. If, if they got the warrant on that much, and if, and if the judge had said no, they probably would have had to give a little more, you know? Yeah, it's but true. The, the judge what they're not authorized saying the warrant on that. Any DNA. Any DNA. Yeah. The, what they do know is that he was in the area that day. What they do know is that his uh, vehicle, maybe, a witness mm -hmm. maybe saw his vehicle parked by an old uh, CPS building which is something he told the police in 2017 and again this year that, yeah, he was parked there, that he did hike up on top of the bridge. He said he walked, walked, uh, type, hiked up to the top bridge to watch the fish for a little while and then sat on the bench for a bit and left. Well, that's what the witnesses are saying too, is that they saw his car there. The thing that they have, he did say that he had on, yeah, the same clothes, uh, that he had on probably like a blue hoodie or a blue zip up mm -hmm. and blue jeans, which is, you know, what the pictures that we have of who they think the killer is, uh, yeah, did wear yeah. that. It's the, it's the gun. Yep. It's the gun. So they are saying that there was an unspent bullet between the two girls that matches uh, the, the firing pattern. Yeah. of his gun he has a gun i think it's a sig sayer it's a handgun and that he's had since 2001 and that there was an unspent bullet that matches the same firing pattern as his gun the yeah. problem with that is that that is really really iffy technology mm -hmm. and it's that's been found to be inadmissible in court lots and lots of times it i just don't know i'm not saying he didn't do it at all i'm just saying i hope they have a lot more than uh a lot more because I don't know how you would convict anybody on what they had. No, not at all. But I mean, they've got more. I don't they think they've been so careful and methodical with this whole case. Yeah. And have taken way a lot of time before yeah. make going public with, with what, what they believe happened yeah. and who they believe did it. Yeah. That um I I absolutely what I'm hoping is that they have DNA that we just don't know about yet. Because sure. if this is it, this couldn't be it. But if this was it, oh. it yeah. does match. But unfortunately, and he said that he never let anyone else use it. Yes. The problem with it is those firing pattern tests are just are known to be faulty. And well, and it's the marks erroneous. Like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, the, it, it's possible more than one gun could make the same pattern. That's that's basically the science is we think yeah. so, but that that by itself is not enough generally for no, a conviction. Definitely no. Right. But I bet they were so careful about what they decided to reveal mm -hmm. in that warrant application. Don't you think that yeah. like 
they were very careful about not giving too much away. You would sure think so. Yeah. You would hope so. So we'll see. So, oh, we also did see the, uh, the counts. So the counts are murder. Let's see. Oh gosh. I have them in front of me. One sec. Okay. So count one of murder that Alan did kill another human being to wit victim one while attempting to kidnap her count two Alan did kill another human being to wit victim two while attempting to kidnap her so those are the official charges at this point so yeah I I just have a feeling this case is going to cause us some heartburn and panic but I hope I'm wrong yeah and right felony murder and right was it being so flimsy why was it sealed how why in the hell was that not information well, that couldn't be public. That judge got really freaked out and then accused himself. Right, and then and then got, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that had probably yeah. more to do with it than anything is that they were not mm-hmm. prepared for a case with mm-hmm. this kind of international following. Yeah. yeah. One other thing they did have though in the in the affidavit was a person who said a witness who said they saw a man walking down the road that ha- was covered in mud and blood mm-hmm. uh, in that area. So there is that too. I just, I don't know, you guys. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm just the wrongest of wrong here. I just, I think this is, ner- I, yeah, I think it's nerve wracking. I just mm-hmm. want to see justice in this case. I want to see their families get justice. And I just I really know. think as, as methodical as they have been, I just mm-hmm. can't imagine that they don't have an absolute ton Pile. of mm-hmm. evidence against this guy before they ever even went for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Club Q shooter. Well, let's do. Okay. So you know that we have not said this, this terrorist name and we're still not going to. Mm-hmm. However, we are going to show you a picture of yeah. this fool because, you know, there were some questions about, okay, why did he go to the hospital after he was arrested? And mm-hmm. then the story came out about, you know, the, the uh, military vet who took him down and then other people that helped him and the, the trans woman who stomped on him and all that stuff. Well, I think we have a pretty good picture of why he had mm-hmm. to go to the hospital. It's this right here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, never could a terrorist have received a better beating than that one. No. He that got was pretty dang good. Shit kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not a bloodthirsty person, but I'm mm-hmm. here for it. You go in a place and start shooting it up and people beat the living crap out of you like that. And you get to live Yep. when his victims didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you deserve whatever you get, buddy. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of uh, that bruising on his face. Always. Mm-hmm. Some of that's from stilettos. And I'm really happy about that. Yep. So anyway, that's the only other thing we know. This family. Okay. Oh, good Lord. We talked about dad last week mm-hmm. showed a little video of dad holy crap so it turns out that on um the same very early morning hour that this terrorist committed this shooting at club q 
just a few hours later, their mother, Laura Vopel, was arrested for, like, disturbing the peace and distort disorderly conduct. Apparently, she was standing um, outside in, like, an apartment complex and, like, screaming and yelling and causing problems. And when they tried to arrest her, she got combative with the police and resisted arrest. So she is out now and, you know, awaiting court hearings. She's got um, a hearing coming in January. But uh, maybe we're seeing a little bit of a picture of where this individual came from. I mean, we saw dad. Mm-hmm. Totally incoherent. Holy shit. Yeah. And now mom getting arrested for disturbing the peace just a few hours after. Yeah. His deal. Yeah. Crazy. These people are nuts. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. But I will never get over the picture of those bruises. <laughs> <laughs> right? Amy said, good job, heroes. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the guy that uh, took him down said that he wasn't sure he was alive. Yeah, he wasn't sure that he hadn't killed him. Yeah. Well, I mean, saved the lives of everybody else in that club. Absolutely. Absolute hero. And this yep. moron lives to go to trial. Yes. Even better. Yep. Okay, let's see. Just double checking. I think we've gotten to everything except for Dave Vallo. Am I right? Pretty sure. Okay. Well, let's talk about Daybell Vallow. Well, it's actually just Vallow. Mm-hmm. Nothing in Daybell right now that I could find. So Lori Vallow's at- attorneys, we knew this last week, but we hadn't seen the actual briefs, but mm. um, they had filed a motion to compel and they had filed, this really is interesting, a motion to declare the death penalty unconstitutional. So we hadn't seen, you know, what their basis was, but now we have. So mm-hmm. in the motion to compel, we'll talk about that first because it's quick and less interesting. But basically they're saying that they still don't believe they have received the actual interviews that the prosecution and the FBI have done with various witnesses. Mm-hmm. Now, again, the prosecution's like, we gave you all of those terabytes of shit. Figure it out. And they're mm-hmm. like, no. There are specific interviews here that we're not seeing. We want names, dates, times, places, exactly what was discussed. Any video or, you know, audio footage. We want those specific things. And as you know, Pryor's been asking for these things for two years as well. And the prosecution's like, we've already given it all to you. And -hmm. they keep coming back saying, you really haven't. So yet again, we're going down that road. I'll be curious to see because, you know, honestly, with prior and means, when they said stuff like that, I was like, ah, big babies. Mm-hmm. But Lori's current attorneys are actually oh, no. real, you know, criminal defense attorneys. <laughs> real attorneys. <laughs> yeah, real, real attorneys. Also real criminal defense attorneys. Yeah. Um, and, and so it holds a little more weight for me now that I'm like, okay, is it, have they in fact been withholding something? Yeah. I don't know. Because it could just. Or is it just there buried in files that are not clearly marked. And honestly, why is the prosecution doing that? Right. Like, why are they being acting like this? Why aren't they just going, okay, here are the very specific files where those things you're asking for are in. Well, we're going to, you know, 
tell you exactly where they are or resend them to you in some way so that you absolutely definitely have them. Why? Right. Why? Why are we messing around? And still messing around with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm bothered. I'm bothered by that. But let's talk about the really interesting thing. Motion to declare the death penalty unconstitutional and to preclude its application in this case because empirical research has established that the modern death penalty is as unguided, arbitrary, and capricious as the system of capital punishment struck down by Furman v. Georgia. Mm. It is a 60-page brief, 62-page brief arguing against the death penalty. I think it's really fascinating that they're doing that. Well, there's some pretty tremendous evidence to stand behind that. There is. And just go look at Oklahoma for a minute. I mean, right. Like I really did not expect this coming out of Idaho and especially coming out of this case, but they are literally arguing the whole death penalty. You guys not arguing, Hey, it's really not uh called for in this case because Lori's, you know, because of her mental challenges or like, I, that's what I thought that we'd be seeing an argument against it because of her mental illness, which I would have, I don't know if I would have agreed or not, but I would have understood that. Right. Oh no, this is the whole kit and caboodle. It's unconstitutional. It is fascinating. There's no way we can go through the whole thing here because my God, however, mm-hmm. I'm going to share a link in the chat room. Uh, for you guys. Uh, Yeah, so that you can go and read through it if you would like to. I'm just going to share a couple of key points that I thought were interesting. Uh, The conclusion. This court is bound to review and receive the evidence and rule accordingly. In doing so, this court is not bound by precedent based on these untrue assumptions but should instead apply the undisputed facts to the constitutional principles upon which death penalty jurisprudence has been based. This court should acknowledge what is now a sobering but undeniable reality. In the real world of capital trials, real capital jurors are not making sentencing decisions consistent with state and federal constitutional mandates. Both the United States Supreme Court and the Idaho Supreme Court have rested the constitutionality of the death penalty upon certain assumptions about actual juror understanding and behavior. A lot of their argument was about the fact that jurors don't understand the death penalty, that it's not being explained to them correctly. You know, Mm -hmm. and if you might remember, they had already filed a brief asking the jurors to not be death penalty certified. Right. For decades, assumptions have been piled upon assumptions to the point that the entire system depends upon their truth. Now incontrovertible, hard science evidence reveals those assumptions to be nothing more than false hopes. There can no longer be any doubt that across all variables, the death penalty sentencing system in this country is not being applied in compliance with constitutional mandates of the lines of cases identified herein as Furman, uh, Greg, Woodson Lockett, and Morgan, and indeed is incapable of being applied in a manner that complies with those lofty constitutional mandates. 
The application of the death penalty in the United States is presently just as arbitrary and capricious as it was when the United States Supreme Court declared it unconstitutional in Furman v. Georgia, 1972, and violates the 8th and 14th Amendments to the United States Constitution, as well as the corresponding provisions under the Idaho State Constitution. Interesting. I mean, they're not wrong. Right. They're, yeah. they're not wrong. I just think mm -hmm. they're pretty ballsy to try this first in Idaho. Yes. Blood first thirsty state. Yeah. To try this with Lori Vallow, who is one of the most hated women in this country, thanks mm -hmm. to this case. Yeah. But, you know, if if the death penalty is unconstitutional for her, then it's unconstitutional for anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's pretty interesting. interesting. If you if you really want an interesting read and you have a little while, read through it. It's it's very their their points are really interesting. It's very thought uh, provoking to me. Uh, you know because I think a lot of us have been pretty. Uh, I know some of you guys stand very strongly against the death penalty, and I think I do too in most cases. But I I don't know if I do in all. However, it seems like every time someone comes up for clemency, I find myself going. This should be granted clemency, you know? Mm. So mm. I don't know. Read through it. Read through it if you have a little extra time. See what you think. Well, and I think that that's really interesting, the, the stuff about the jury. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've heard other um, defense attorneys talk about that when someone is charged with the, a death penalty offense, mm -hmm. you're sending a message to the jury, mm -hmm. whether it's intentional or not, or whether it's overt or it's subtle. Mm -hmm that this person deserves it and has done something really horrible. It, it, mm -hmm. I think that it can really mess with that innocent until proven guilty on the part yeah. of the jury. Yeah. So interesting know. point. Paula said, if they take away the death penalty option, Pryor loses one of his arguments for severance. True. Right. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Well, there's more than one way to get the death penalty off the table in this case. Yeah. We all know it. I mean, one or the other can flip, you For know, sure. and, and take the death penalty off the table. Yeah. But I find this interesting that these two attorneys, I mean, have they been waiting for a case like this to challenge right. the death penalty? Why now? Why here, like, why now? Yeah. Why now? Why this mm -hmm. case? I don't know. I find it interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So <laughs> Colleen said, I do too, but not in this case. I hear you. I hear you. Know, you. It, it is hard, but I yeah. also feel like, can we really say it's okay in some cases and not in others? That feels yeah. weird to me too. I, the, the fear that we would ever, and I'm sure we already, I know we already have executed an innocent person for that to have happened one time mm -hmm. is one time too many. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amy said there's so many wrongful convictions because the jury also doesn't understand reasonable doubt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Cranky said maybe they're trying to make themselves look good. Yeah. I mean, are they trying to hang something on are their hats on this case? I wonder. Have I they mean, been waiting for something to come along? It, I mean, it's why not? international case. I mean, if you're going to be a defense attorney and make your name in something, it's this case. Unless yes. you're John Pryor or Mark Means, and then you will make your name in a whole different way that will mm -hmm. be covered in mud. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Though I will say this last year, John has looked a little better. 
<laughs> straightened up a bit. Uh-huh. Well, not having means around to uh-huh. egg him on, you know, and actually being held accountable by real criminal defense attorneys uh-huh. probably changed things quite a bit. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the lawyer who defended Casey Anthony. Oh, well, for hell's sake, look at the Kardashians. You know, those girls wouldn't be famous at all had their dad not uh, been involved with the O.J. Simpson case. Right. Interesting stuff. So there you have it. Well, we'll be back tomorrow night for the Psychic Hour if you subscribe. Uh, Otherwise, we'll be back next week, Monday, with brand new episodes. Seeing some really interesting stuff coming up right now. So. I can't wait to dive in. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks so much for being here. And as always, thank you for all of your support. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.